Welcome everyone to Elevate. I am your host, Dr. Corey Sandra, chiropractic physician, outdoor enthusiast, and occasional actor. Our mission at Elevate is to help you elevate your life to new levels, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and energetically, with incredible information in the field of health and wellness from a holistic, natural approach. Let's get rolling. Welcome everyone to Elevate, episode 18. Today's format's going to be a little bit different than what we've done in the past. I've had several emails and Facebook messaging from patients or prospective patients or people that are just curious about their health. So today we're going to do a Q&A on questions that you have asked that you'd like me to address. Now, for the sake of HIPAA, I won't be using any names because I'm a physician, so I have to be real careful on those uh, with HIPAA. So, first question I have that I got in my email was, how can you help with or what can you do for chronic bladder infections, recurrent bladder infections? And I actually see this quite a bit in the office. And over the years, I've kind of simplified it into a few things that have to be addressed. First, with bladder infections, you have to determine what pathogen is it. And most commonly with a bladder infection, it's going to be bacterial, primarily E. coli. And then at the other end of the spectrum, it's either going to be a fungus or a yeast infection. And you have to approach those two a little bit differently. So if it is bacterial or yeast, from a nutritional standpoint, the treatment is the same. My big gun that I use for bacteria, as well as fungus, candida, yeast, is oil of oregano. So I'm a huge fan of oil of oregano for those type of infections. And if it's a real bad infection, real severe I might have them take two capsules twice a day of ADP from Biotics Research. I really like that. And then D-Manose, which is a five-carbon sugar. You can buy at health food stores. D-Manose does a really good job of flushing out the bladder so the bacteria can't adhere to the walls of the bladder. So like I said, D-Manose, oil of oregano, and then With bladder infections, there's almost always an emotional component. And the biggest emotion I see is pissed off. Who are you pissed at? And when I ask that question, almost every time they can, the person they're pissed at pops into their head. So from that aspect with the emotional component, now I got to do some neuro-emotional technique or some other emotional release technique to get that trigger out of the bladder so they're not pissed off at that person anymore, which is going to accelerate the healing. Other emotions you tend to see in the bladder, terrified. What are they they terrified of? And again, you have to go in with neuroemotional technique or creative emotional wizardry or even EFT to process that emotion out of the body. Another supplement I like for 
bladder infections is uh, cranberry extract. And you can buy the cranberry capsules at the health food store. Those work really good too. Uh, typically cranberries and blueberries are really good for urinary function because they keep the pH right where it needs to be. And when the pH is balanced and the bacteria can't adhere to the cell walls of the bladder and the ureters. So cranberry and blueberries do a very good job. So that's how I would go about addressing recurrent bladder infections. Question number two, what can you do for carpal tunnel syndrome? And I see quite a bit of that in the office. It's very easy to treat. I'm trying to remember the last time I even had a patient that had to go in for surgery because I just, the treatments are so effective. Typically with carpal tunnel syndrome, you have to look at the entire chain from the neck all the way down to the fingertips. And you can have an entrapment in the wrist, the elbow, the shoulder, or the neck. And so if the neck needs to be adjusted, I'll adjust the neck. If the shoulder needs to be adjusted, I'll adjust the shoulder. And the same with the elbow and the wrists and the fingers. Also, I like to make sure that all the tendons are firing on all eight cylinders, that they're working at optimal potential. So I'll check the wrist extensors, the wrist flexors, the bicep, the tricep, the deltoid, and even some of the muscles in the neck like the scalenes. I use Neuralink to stabilize the tendons to make sure the muscles and tendons are firing like they should. Also, what I've found very effective for working on carpal tunnel is um, cold laser works really good and ozone injections. So fortunately, I haven't had to resort to laser or ozone. That's a small percentage. Most of the time, if we adjust the wrist, adjust the elbow, adjust the shoulder, adjust the neck, stabilize the tendons, we get really, really good results. But every once in a while, I got to pull out the laser or shoot some ozone in the in the wrist. That's how I deal with carpal tunnel syndrome. Question three is an interesting one. What do you do for cravings? I have terrible cravings for sugar. And that's a big one. First thing I always check when someone has intense sugar cravings is do they have a candida overgrowth in their intestines? Because believe it or not, Candida can override the body's willpower, appetite center, and overpower your need or want for sugar. So if there's a candida overgrowth, I make sure to squelch the candida. And again, I like oil of oregano. I like tea tree oil, grapefruit seed extract. And if you need a probiotic, I like um, Megaspore Biotics from... Uh, gomegaspore.com. They have a really good probiotic. I really like them. Also, you need to avoid artificial sweeteners because artificial sweeteners can actually trigger your body's system to wanting more sweets. So in my world, I tend to avoid sweets, you know, coming from a paleo background, even more into keto and carnivore. Carnivore is what I do 98% of the time. So You have to look at 
a sugar addiction like you would a drug addiction or an alcohol addiction. It's the same pathways in the brain with the reward centers and the dopamine and the opioid receptors in the body. So you have to treat it the same way. It's Sugar is a drug. And if you're addicted to sugar, if you're addicted to, if you're addicted to alcohol, or if you're addicted to drugs, you got to get them out of your body. You can't take them. From an emotional standpoint, and this is big, there's a concept I test in the office. I call it sugar representing. What does a sugar represent or what is a sugar replacing in your life? Typically, people say, well, I eat for comfort. It's, it's comfort food. It makes me feel comfortable. Or it brings me joy. It brings me happiness. Okay, so if someone's living their life with no joy, with no love, and no happiness, but yet that sugar fills the void, that's a problem. We need to find something else to fill the void than sugar. So in this instance, if you're using sugar to feel love, to feel joy, to feel happiness, that's an addiction. We need to find out why is there no joy in your life? Why is there no happiness? Why is there no love? And then we usually have to do some digging and somewhere on their timeline and find out what painful traumas or painful memories that they haven't dealt with. And the sugar became a replacement for dealing, for not dealing with these unresolved traumas in the body. You know, and back to comfort. Well, why do you need comfort? And almost always it goes back to childhood. Either they didn't feel stable, safe, secure, and protected, or they didn't feel loved wanted and needed so sugar fills the void so again we have to go back find out the timeline what's the issue what's the what's the event what's the memory and then using neuroemotional technique or creative emotional wizardry or emotional freedom technique or any other combination of emotional clearing techniques get those cleared out of the body another thing you see with sugar cravings is a lot of it depends on if you are sugar adapted or fat adapted. And if you're doing the standard American diet, you're primarily running on sugar metabolism or adapted to sugar. And typically, you know, we've been told for years we got to eat five to six smaller, smaller meals a day to keep our blood sugar up, to keep us our engines running. And so if we're eating primarily the standard American diet or a high-carbohydrate diet or a high-sugar diet, we're going to have the peaks and valleys. And when we hit those valleys, we get the sugar cravings and we get eat the sugar. But if you are fat-adapted, i.e. living the keto lifestyle or a carnivore diet, high-fat, high-protein, your body eventually adapts to burning fat for fuel instead of sugar. And a lot of people that do the carnivore diet, they lose their sugar cravings. People that do keto diet where their diet's 70% more fat, they tend to lose their sugar cravings. Which is, in my office, I tend to advocate a higher fat, higher protein diet. 
lower carbohydrates so your body can be more fat adapted and burn, and burn fat for fuel instead of sugar. A really cool supplement that I like to use that will actually help with sugar cravings and help with sugar metabolism is berberine. It's an alkaloid but has wonderful effects on lowering blood sugar, cholesterol, triglycerides. Uh, the product I've mentioned before on the show several times, Diabetex, D-I-A-B-E-T-X. That works wonders. You don't have to be a diabetic. You don't have to be pre-diabetic to take this supplement. But if you're trying to overcome your cravings, I think Diabetex or Berberine works wonders. The next question is kind of interesting because I've been kind of involved with this treatment plan for this specific issue. I had a couple patients call in and I tore my meniscus in my knee. Can you help? Do I need surgery? And it just so happens on Easter Sunday, I was fly fishing and tore my meniscus. And um, it was quite fun. I was had a fish on one end and all my fly line was wrapped around a bush. So I'm trying to control the fish and yank my line free from the bush. And I'm in the middle of the river. And all of a sudden, my knee literally went like that. Down I went. I'm laying in the water going, oh, shit, this isn't good. Got up. And it was sore. It was pretty sore. And I thought, okay. So I fished for about a half hour more, but my knee just totally swelled up. Limped back to the my car. You know, it was a, probably about a 20-minute walk back to my car, which was not fun. Iced it over the weekend. Well, I got into the office Monday morning, and I thought, you know what? I've torn my rotator cuff before, and I didn't need surgery. I've actually torn both my rotator cuffs and didn't need surgery. So I thought, all right, let's uh, try some ozone therapy and some homeopathic injections. So Monday, I shot my knee up with ozone and some homeopathics. If you go on my Facebook page, and I think on my Instagram page, you can see the video of me shooting up my knee. So I shot my knee up, and it actually felt worse the rest of the day. But I woke up the next morning, and it was so much better. I wasn't limping as much. The swelling had gone down. I said, all right, I'll give it a couple days. And I shot it again with the ozone and the homeopathics. And it's just progressively gotten better and better and better. You know, and here we are today, June 10th. And it doesn't really even bother me anymore. The only time it ever acts up is if I go on a really, you know, two-mile walk with my wife. So I've kind of held off on going for walks because I want to make sure it's completely healed up. So I've injected it six times, and it's feeling awesome. So I actually had a patient um, come in who tore her meniscus, and um, she was a little leery of the ozone injections, and she said, I want to go talk to the orthopedic surgeon. And, you know, they did an MRI, and they said, yes, it's torn, but let's wait for a while. I don't want to do surgery just yet. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. you got an orthopedic surgeon that's not so uh, cut happy all the time. So she says, I want to do the injection. So, well, I've done two rounds on her knee, and it's progressively getting better and better. And um, I had another patient with a torn meniscus, and the ozone works wonders. Now, I'm not saying it's a 100% cure-all for every torn meniscus. I'm sure there might be a, a small percentage that might need surgery. But from personal experience and dealing with my other two patients with their knees, 
they are coming along quite nicely. So yes, I do the ozone and homeopathic. Sometimes I'll do just the ozone. Sometimes I'll combine them. But yeah, fabulous results. And I definitely don't need surgery. And it's looking like my other two patients aren't going to need surgery either. So that's exciting. So that's about it today for the Q&A. I think I'm probably going to start doing Q&As at least a couple times a month. So if you have a question or concern about your health, call my office, email me, Facebook me. I'll leave all the information in the notes. If you like the podcast, go to iTunes, leave me a review. Other than that, have an awesome weekend and go kick some ass. The information contained in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. All information presented by the hosts, guests, and all other material is not intended as a replacement or treatment for any medical condition, nor is it intended to examine, diagnose, treat, or cure any medical condition. Before engaging in any healthcare decision, please seek the care and guidance of a qualified medical physician.